Hello and welcome to this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya. Joining me on the show today is Sindhu Srinivas Murthy, a debutant filmmaker who's made Achar and Company, one of the cutest and most popular Kannada films so far this year and I would say it ranks very highly amongst my all-time list of popular films. So today I'm going to be asking Sindhu how she chose this topic and what made her a filmmaker. Welcome to the show Sindhu. Thank you. Thank you for having me Sandhya. So let's start off. Achar and company. Yeah. You know, um, for the benefit of our audience who might not have seen it yet, really you should remedy that. Please go and watch <laughs> the film. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. And you'll thank me for it later. Okay. Sindhu, please tell the audience what the film is about in a nutshell. Um, in a nutshell, is it about, it's about these siblings uh, of an orthodox Brahmin family in Jayanagar in the 60s, growing up among the themes of patriarchy and gender roles in society and also tackles women empowerment, etc. So basically what that decade went through, we see it through these siblings of this family. Okay, but what I liked is the very light and humorous touch. Yeah. Uh, this film has a message. Like she said, she, she talks about, uh, women, you know, how women have gained agency yeah. and how um, young men too have had to fight uh, patriarchy. And this whole kind of pressure on uh, large families to take care of their siblings and uh, still live in harmony the kind of pressures that society imposes and expectations that middle class families have. But she has such a light touch to this. So it does not seem like a preachy film yeah. or that it has a propaganda film. Yeah. You can just go watch it for fun and come back without having to take away anything as, oh, this film has taught me something. But you're going to enjoy it and uh, all the more so because... You know, the actors, the cast. Yeah. And uh, here I have to tell you that uh, Sindhu herself is a uh, lead actor in the <laughs> film. They're all so relatable. They're all people yeah. that we would immediately identify. I could identify the all my aunts and uncles in the cast. <laughs> okay. And it was so, I mean, absolutely delightful to see how they have picked up on all the little idiosyncrasies. And... Uh, uh, how how long did you work on the script, Sindhu? So the scripting um, started in 2017, actually. Uh, my co-writer, Kanan Gil and I, we started with the story first, uh, which included a lot of research. So the research itself took about four to six months just trying to get everything together, whether it's like what historically events do we want to touch upon or um, what are the themes that we want to like keep in the story and how do we sort of make each character unique. So the character arcs also took quite a bit of time because we wanted to make sure that each one of them was unique. Like you said, I could totally identify one of them as my uncles or one of them as my aunts is because we keep them as unique so that you could relate to as many of them and they're all as different uh, from each other. Um, so, it about, uh, so it took about like four to six months in just the story phase and then it took about a month to write the screenplay. Uh, but I think uh, the setback really was the pandemic. Taking it from the scripting stage to production really took a longer time than I anticipated. Um, but it has been like a very good learning experience overall because, um, because it's my first. To see like characters on paper come to life on screen is something else. It's um, 
it's because i was also writing i knew everybody's dialogues <laughs> and i knew my own <laughs> so any scene that we would go into i'd be like able to narrate everybody's lines and um, i think that was one of the preparations that also like i really loved was whenever i was auditioning people for the actors i was auditioning them personally at some point because it was also like rehearsal for me if in case i happen to have scenes with them it would also turn out to be like a rehearsal for me and it kind of helped you fine tune yeah because scenes. i know that i will not be able to get enough time on set to experiment because i'll mm-hmm. be like donning two hats which is of an actor and a director so i wanted to come with a lot of preparation so these auditions were just like my playground like i would just rehearse my scenes in those um, auditions and also i would see who was able to kind of um, kind of like played off with me uh, the other actors who came in the ones who kind of really were able to give me something and then would also take something from me yes yeah. the chemistry of two characters whether it's like you know my brothers or the ones who are playing my sisters i would really see if they're able to do something more as well so it really helped that i was also an actor and i was also directing this in some way so it was really fun i noticed a lot of the cast is um, you know from the theater world yes Uh, was it a conscious choice yes <laughs> now, let's talk about that <laughs> so i come from theater i've been um acting in theater since i was like 16 years old so um i took to it very young knowing that um there's a lot of discipline involved in it and it would do great for me because i was anyway terrible at academics um and i really loved the universe of theater like because you rehearse for like multiple months it's so disciplined and then you go put on a show and it's a live show so you really cannot mess up or if you do you should be able to um cover it up in a way that the audience can never tell right and that's about like thinking quick on your feet etc so you really develop these um sort of i would say qualities uh, that is fantastic for an actor so one of the reasons i remember when i pitched it to prk and um, the first things i told them was i do not want a star in this film and they would be like why not like it would help you know the film etc yes. and market it especially but one of the things was that um the minute you bring in a star to play you've seen the film whether it's suma ragu or jaggu what happens like the audience already has a preconceived notion about a star right they really love them for other things outside of the film itself it's like sharuk khan he yeah. sharuk khan he sharuk khan you will not be able to ignore it when he comes into the film yeah you won't be able to ignore it and you will not be able to see the siblings as equals you'll already have a favorite because he's just sharuk khan let's say right so we didn't want that we wanted a level playing field for all the uh, siblings so that it's really up to the audience who they like you know in so like that's why like ragu jaggu suma like so many of them stand out even the twins there's so many of them who stand out in one film because everybody's been given a level playing field and of course um it also helps that they come with a lot of discipline and preparation because um we were also going for a lot of shots and takes which were one take like one shot we didn't want to break up the scene like the ones with um, the bbc the characters the bbc they were always one take shots so if they messed up they had to do the entire thing all over again there were no cuts in that or even the ones with me and jaggu um or suma and ragu uh, we had a few emotional scenes where there were no cuts and when you have like a film that's played out like that you'd really want your actors to be as prepared as possible and come with that discipline of knowing their lines working on their body language and doing a lot of homework basically and then coming on set uh, so that you know you don't have to really 
handhold them or it doesn't feel like any other film and any other set of actors you've seen on screen before so i think that was the main reason why we wanted actors from theater and of course um act theater has such brilliant performers who really deserve a stage and they deserve the recognition because um we often don't go to like let's say aranga shankara or jagriti as often as we should to promote these people and to promote the art that they create so i think this was a great way to kind of fuse that and make space for everyone absolutely and standout performances yeah and i like the way that each of them had their own uh, unique uh, voice and yeah. space given to them what i also liked was the way you recreated the period and if i remember right it was a very uh, sh- a brief shooting uh, yes. schedule right yes it was about, about 40 days and you did chose to shoot in mysore yes tell us about that so i think the first challenge of creating a period film is always the location we did not want to create a set because the minute you create a set it feels artificial it doesn't feel lived in like you don't have those oil stains or those hand marks or you know the imperfection in the flooring you don't have these qualities in a set um so we were like let's try and find live locations but bangalore doesn't support that because even if you find one house that resembles a 60s architecture in and around it you have like multiplexes or apartment buildings or like you know these very fancy cars even vehicles right it just doesn't add to the film um and it takes away the believable factor of the entire thing of the world that we're trying to create so i think we i did two recies one by myself to first show the producer that this is possible mm-hmm. to create such a world and so i went to mysore i did a recce by myself and uh, i just went photographing places uh that would suit uh the era that i had in mind and then i just put a deck together and i showed it to them and they were like oh my god this looks so authentic so then post covid and etc we went back and we scouted locations again to make sure like you know even for example the theater scene um has you can't notice it in the shot but it has those wooden chairs because back in the day theaters didn't were, were like either plastic or wooden chairs right. they didn't have the sofa the recliners that you have today in fact sometimes they were just benches so we went into that detailing to see that you know if someone notices then you know we should be on like the cautious side to always make sure that we have the perfect setting for everything so yeah we shot over 40 days in mysore absolutely but you did have to recreate the west end for their family dinner <laughs> yes <laughs> you know i really wanted to shoot at west end itself <sighs> but again there are so many they have changed i yes. mean west end has changed over the last several years yeah, yeah. especially the interiors i think the exteriors yeah. have managed to like yeah preserve exteriors, it they would never change but the, the interiors have like kind of been updated and they're more modern so we found a <laughs> we found <Right>. a cheat <laughs> that's okay you have to work around what you have to work around yeah but i also um, really like the contribution that uh, the music has made yes. to the film uh, starting with the supravatham i think yeah. it just started laughing from the very first opening <laughs> notes uh, the lyricist has done yeah. a wonderful job yeah. of it and bindu's music yeah. throughout yeah. Um, you don't notice it you don't so much notice background music yeah. in movies like this you typically notice it in action films yeah. or horror films <laughs> people don't notice it so much but it's did am i right that she created a signature sound for characters absolutely absolutely yeah? yeah so tell us about that because i know you worked very closely on yeah. that 
so we like to call it a bindu malini musical itself <laughs> because the music really carries the film from the beginning to the very end and so many of it like people just hum now because they become so familiar with the tunes so um the mango song also yeah yeah <laughs> i have to mention tilok trivikrama who wrote the lyrics of uh, three of the songs and especially your favorite both pickle and suprabhatam <laughs> and he's also written the dialogues for the film oh. so very again if you think i'm young he's younger than me and he's written <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> he's penned most of the lyrics and the dialogues for this film so um yeah we when we sat down i think our first working point was the pickle song because when i pitched it to bindu um i remember we met at ranga shankara and i was trying to narrate the whole story to her but what really caught her attention was a pickle song because at that time i knew that i wanted a song which felt very natural like i i'm i'm not a huge fan of a film suddenly breaking into song and dance out of nowhere because it's a huge disconnect and i was thinking if we could have a song which feels believable where the sisters are singing the song in the kitchen while making pickles but you know she also has to go through these set of grooms and make a decision so the song can be about that and also because there are nobody's going to sit there with a veena and suddenly start playing or anything let's use kitchen utensils to create an a cappella so that's that was the origin of the pickle song to make it as believable as possible so that it could feel like we could actually do this right in a very natural setting exactly Absolutely. and yeah. it just so happened that bindu's uh, family her grandmom and grand aunts and mum all of them in the 60s that started something called the kitchen orchestra and i had no idea about this so it felt like a whole world coming full circle for bindu because she was like oh my god finally there's a place where i can pay <sighs> tribute to um that orchestra the like, type of thing that happened and it even aired on doordarshan in the 1980s the oh, kitchen wow. orchestra yeah okay her how family yes, kitchen orchestra yes and bindu Amazing. is like a little baby in that video <laughs> so for us it felt extremely beautiful that we could take something that felt was our very own and kind of pay tribute to that and that era and that generation so that was a starting point the pickle song itself and then she worked um different sections like the western section because we knew that it was going to be very european influence very western influence so we did a bit of the jazz but also carnatic like had a confluence of that mm-hmm. and also because jaggu is very notorious we thought maybe we should have a theme for jaggu and bbc especially um, bbc always appear in threes and they always have something to say something to comment about so we like it would be really fun if they had their own theme music going on so that's how like the major characters like the bbc suma jaggu um, all of them got their own theme music as well wonderful you know much as i like to um think of the time when i am able to relate to uh, the characters you know like i said it reminds me of my aunts and my yeah. uncles because we are they my mom had such a huge family and when i want to think of the times when i felt safest or happiest it was always in the midst of all these loving aunts and uncles yeah. but you people never experienced it you're talking about a generation old you know prior to mine yeah. so why is this nostalgic theme attractive to you when you haven't even experienced it <laughs> See, i have only one sister which i understand that uh, where the question comes from but my mom's fa- side of the family my mom had like 12 siblings and my dad side of the family here i think 7 to 8 of them so i know what that feels like um i've grown up with 
uh, all of my cousins my aunts in different parts of karnataka in different parts of bangalore itself and it's always been the fondest memory that i carry the ones i've spent like my summer holidays with my grandmom and granddad and my cousins um and i really miss that today because we've all just kind of like spread out in nuclear uh, into nuclear families and we were always that way but i think there was just something about life back then even the 90s because i'm a 90s kid even in the 90s technology wasn't this intrusive in our lives so we still somehow made it back to each other like during our summer holidays or dasara vacations or you know name it and we mm. be like getting together Uh, celebrating ganesh chaturthi together or deepavali or you know um shankranti and ugadi and all of that it was such big things i feel like today um a lot of that has just kind of loosened up like you know we're all spread out we're doing our own thing and there's a lot on our plate honestly um so i honestly feel like a part of me just wants to go back in time um and also experience what it felt like in much simpler times like the 60s 70s and 80s and um Honestly I'm a huge fan of that era in general like my music everything is influenced by that era I think I had told you in the conversation earlier that um my music I used to listen to a lot of and even today appreciate a lot of Lata Mangeshkar Kishore Kumar Mohammad Rafi and someone would look at me and be like what <laughs> but that's what I grew up listening to because my uh family get togethers they would play these songs on the cassette tapes and it was all about that and then my cousins who are slightly older than me they passed down music like you know janis joplin simon and garfunkel or acdc and pink floyd and all of that down to me so they came down in like cds in the 90s so my music taste has also heavily been influenced like the beatles all of that and i think it's such a classic era uh, even the music the taste and the lifestyle itself so classic um that i was immediately drawn to sort of making something in that zone um and i think that life was just so beautiful and simple i felt like it would be a great uh insight to people today who are watching it who probably don't have any idea of that era at all absolutely in my mind it's a beautiful melange of you know all my favorite uh, characters that um i've from uh, Jane Austen yeah. you know the yeah. sense and sensibility yeah. pride and prejudice and emma so many and those little uh, you know um, maybe even like something from um what we could relate to yeah. by reading more contemporary fiction but yeah. somehow it's all coming together very well yeah i feel that um the way uh, people realized that they need to change was mm-hmm. also brought about very very yeah um delicately yeah. it wasn't uh, yes. harsh i mean it was harsh for the character that you played yeah. it was a harsh reality but i liked uh, that it ended on a happy note and i really wish sindhu that you do a sequel i know other people <laughs> have been telling you too because hello the story can't end there acharan <laughs> company has to march further through the years <laughs> yeah i mean i like how you mentioned that you know it was a quiet movement and that's how i would describe the 60s as well i felt like there was a quiet movement an undercurrent of movement that was happening it was all very circumstantial that things started changing for women in the 60s right um because patriarchy was largely how things worked in our society um unless something happened to the patriarch women really didn't 
have the need to do any like you know come to the forefront and take the responsibilities of the house etc so that's exactly what happened in the 60s is that slowly women started realizing that they needed to be educated that they needed to get jobs to finally have some financial independence whether it's for themselves or for their family for the betterment of the family and then make something of themselves as well and i think the reason today that i'm here as a filmmaker and which is very few even today there are very few uh let's say female directors in my industry uh the fact that i'm sitting here today having produced having my film produced and released in the theaters and on an ott right now uh it's because women just broke the barriers long ago in the 60s you know they did they did smaller things which have led to like greater impact absolutely and they took up jobs like you know as teachers as nurses as bankers which is why the nationalization of bank was such a huge um event in the film itself uh was because women started really coming into their own in the 60s and that's how we are enjoying that privilege today absolutely and you actually um, you know talking about um, your release yeah. it's a dream run yeah. i mean you got the late puneet rajkumar to yeah a back it and then yeah his wife yeah. continues to back you yeah um how did that happen so i had acted in one of the productions before it was called french biryani i did a supporting role uh, and that was my first kannada film and i happened to meet them during that time when they visited the set and that's it and then a year later when we were releasing uh during promotions and by this time my screenplay was ready and i had already shot a 6 minute sample of the film um it was self produced and again like friends from theaters had uh, come in and acted and kind of helped me with it um so i just went up to them during the promotions and i was like um I know you always like promote like new talent is there any way you want to watch what I have done and read my screenplay they're like absolutely why not you know there was not even a moment of hesitation no doubt about whether I would be capable of it right and they were like yes please send it to us we would love to like uh, go through it and um, thankfully they also loved my performance in the film itself so they knew that you know I would be able to pull off acting in the film and then when I told them I also want to direct they were like Okay, sure. Let's make it happen. Let's you know Amazing. give you the resources because when they saw the sample, and I had directed and acted in the sample, they were like, okay, if you could pull this off, I'm sure you can pull a film off. And the sample, like, I did not have too many resources. It was just me and another friend uh, who just put the entire thing together. And of course, when you go on a film set, you have many more resources. You have executive producers who I had, uh, Anand Akalwadi from Do Creative Labs, such a big support. and all my actors um and my executive producers at prk um plus you know just somebody to look out for location somebody to look out for casting so i didn't have to like kind of do everything of course it will all come back to me uh, to take decisions but then i didn't have to like kind of head every department so that was a relief so they kind of gave me all the resources and uh, yeah it's been an absolute dream because i think um, they are so supportive encouraging generous um and also they never really interfere in the creative process mm-hmm. itself because they do believe that they're backing somebody because they believe in them and that their vision needs to stand out and that their decisions have to come to the forefront so there's never was a point where they were like you should do this because we want you to do this that never happened so 
I have to say that's very rare. <laughs> it's not very common in this industry because the one who's putting in the money will always expect that things go their Absolutely. way. And this was extremely rare. And, um, and the fact that it's come together so well today, it truly feels like I can also like feel like, okay, maybe I can believe in myself a little bit more now that my decisions do can take me to a like you know a good place a good product by the end of it you know sometimes when there are too many decisions you'll never really know what to make of it right. right there's just so much a little bit like i think my confidence and my my belief in myself has just like increased a tiny bit more after this because especially because it was my first uh, venture and now i'm like okay maybe i can trust myself a little bit more <laughs> absolutely i'm sure that's been a huge booster because yeah. i'm gathering by uh, the reactions i saw of the people who watched the movie alongside me and what i've been reading i think it's a extremely commendable first effort thank you what's your next project <laughs> <laughs> there is a film that i'm doing uh, i've written it as well and i'm directing it um and that's all that i can say about all it all right <laughs> so are you continuing to act in that too or you will you act for other filmmakers oh absolutely i'd love to act because i think acting is like my first love and uh, there's something about acting it just it's so liberating to kind of just let go and live so many lives in just one lifetime uh, through your characters um so it's always something that's very dear to me so i'm always very happy to like just go in as an actor and i'm very conscious of that that when i go on a set i do check with myself am i going there as an actor or as a director etc because i don't want to interfere in another person's Absolutely. process so i'm always very mindful okay i'm going on this as just an actor i will not be giving in my inputs of anything unless it concerns my character etc and i just kind of go there and like do what's necessary of me um so yes i'd love to act and continue to act uh, the second film i'm not sure yet we'll know soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes um it's been wonderful chatting to you sindhu and i am hoping yeah. somewhere down the line you will pick up where achar and company left <laughs> off and talk about we talked about in that film you've talked about um you know how women got it to um started claiming their agency yes, by yes. going out to work yeah but how about the heights they still need to claim yeah. you know breaking the glass yeah. ceiling yeah so that's the thing you know that i think that's one of the things why we wanted to make this film in the first place right see from the 60s to now yes we've seen change but there's so much more that we need to see like like i said i'm probably the handful of like female directors in the industry there should be so many Absolutely. many more so i feel like um and we also spoke about quite a lot of themes like domestic abuse or uh, you know gender roles in society which is constantly changing and i feel like we have a lot left to do lot left to learn Absolutely. and find equal footing in society as gender in general as women um hopefully i it's so amazing that like people like you and so many in the audience have asked for us like a sequel and i never thought about this because i was like oh um it was least expected you know the people were coming and treating the characters as their own and as their own family in fact and people were like um um they they really like oh my god this is my story or this is my aunt's story or people would come up to me and be like i'm suma my name is suma and it's so sweet to kind of see them talk about it so endearingly and it's been a surprise that they want to see another um you know absolutely not <laughs> because there's so many nuances and uh, i really love the subtlety 
um, you know, I mean, it's um, very, very uh, emotional uh, layers, you know, yeah. the, the, what shall I say, the way that people decide, okay, this upsets me, but we have to accept it. Yeah. Uh, you know, where uh, the groom chooses one <laughs> sister over the other and those yeah. kind of things were just accepted. Yeah, and you know, that's a wonderful thing about the people in the 60s. They really had the attitude to just pick up and keep moving. Yeah, and that not is the, dramatizing every small thing. Exactly, right? you're absolutely right. And that's one of the reasons why the tonality of the film is so lighthearted and so easy. Because people in the 60s were like that. They were... They really didn't have the they time. the big picture. Yes. Of and the welfare of everybody in the family. Exactly. Not just themselves. Yeah. And also they didn't have the time to be bogged down. Right. Because they had so much to do and move. Especially a middle class family. Had a lot more to do going ahead in life. Because not everybody was educated. So they really had to figure out the situation. Right. So 60s was all about picking it up from wherever. And then keep moving. Keep right. moving. And I think we've forgotten that in a sense that, you know, we get bogged down. And I think we miss the bigger picture sometimes. And then we just need to keep going. And I'm sure that, you know, like things will fall into place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Sindhu. I think this conversation has been very enjoyable for me. Thank I'm you. Pleasure to see young women directors <laughs> coming to the forefront. And picking on themes that actually everybody in the society will relate to. More power to you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and to our audience, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya with Sindhu Srinivas Murthy. Until I'm back again with another interesting guest, take care and bye-bye. And do subscribe to the Rain Media channel and keep watching my podcast. Bye-bye.